with you. I was thinking about this. That your very existence, who you are, how you move and have your being, His very attributes are imprinted upon you. You reflect him, both male and female. Adam and Eve were obviously uh, made in the image of God, not not physically, but we have an intellect. We can think. God thinks. He has a will. We have wills. We plan. We design. We evaluate. He plans. He designs. He evaluates. He communicates. We communicate. We have a will. We can make decisions. We can choose. We have choice. We have emotions. God has emotions. He can be grieved. He can be full of joy. He can be happy. He can be sad. We have grief, joy. We can be angry. We can laugh. We're created in his image. We're moral. At least we'd like to hope so, right? You know, when we do right, our heart encourages us. When we do wrong, what does our heart do? Hurts. It tells us something's wrong. We have a conscience. You know, we're created in image God, and, and his image is in us. We reflect him. Yes, we're fallen, but when we look at each other, there's a little reflection of God and his intent in each one of us. And I think this experience kind of uh, really comes home when we look at maybe our, our, you know, look at our kids, or we look at, you know, our nephews and nieces. As we look at them, they look a little bit like us. They reflect our image, you know. They're kind of made in our image. Adam had a son named Seth, and it says that in Seth was made in Adam's image. You're made in your father's image, your earth father's image. And eventually that goes back to the image of God. Yes, we're fallen, but when I look at John and Ruth, I, I, I see them and I love them so much, and I, I see how they, they see life, and I see how, how they come to certain circumstances and how they think about it, and I see myself in them. Any of you see that in your kids? Or just the way they look, certain features, you know, maybe you know, cheekbones or the hair or something. He's made in my image, made in Christine's image. Ruth is made in my image. John's made in my image. We're made in God's image. It also helps that they look like you so that you can love them a little easier, right? I mean... God doesn't play that game. He loves you no matter what you look like, right? But, I mean, God knows us, right? Gosh, you know, there's something about that kid I just like. I don't know what it is, but uh, I think it's me. (laughs) Just joking. But God has made you in his image. You know, his desire is for you to share all those things and that you are, that you've created to be. You were created to be with him. He's made each of you differently. Some of you are musicians. Some of you are thinkers, poets, mathematicians, engineers. Some of you, you know, 
I mean, just the different giftings each of you have are, are very sensitive to other people's feelings. Some of you are not and very practical. And, you know, God is, it's amazing how God has fashioned each one of you. And he would seek to experience all that you are and that you would experience all that he is. One of my favorite pictures in the Bible is Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And it says, Then the man and his wife, that's Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I love that verse. They heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the cool of the garden. I love that. You know, God wants to hang out. He wanted to hang out. You know, talk shop. You know, give them some gardening tips. You know, who knows what was going on there. But, you know, but seriously, perhaps asking them, you know, how they like the world he's created. Asking them maybe about the animals, you know. They're asking them, hey, what, what's up with these guys? What, you know, what are they doing? You know, all this is, you know, just me thinking. There was a relationship going on. It wasn't like they knew it all. They were designed to be in this relationship where they would go to him for everything, all their needs. And when they failed to do so, it brought death. God looked at everything he made and he said it was very good. Very good. The things that he provided for them, the environment, he loved them. He gave them the best. He loves you. In the midst of this fallen world where we don't have perfect environments as a result of sin on the earth, as a result of being connected to the first Adam, where we're broken people. But you know the story, what happened. Eve was, a, Eve was deceived and Adam sinned and they ate from the fruit of the tree that God told them not to. to. Why did he tell them? Because you're going to die. Don't do that. He gave them choice. But they became deceived. They decided to look at it. Shiny, pretty, let me go ahead and test it out. And they died. They began to die that day. And their eyes were opened, and they realized they were naked. And so when God came over to hang out that day, it didn't seem like a good time to hang out for them, right? Genesis chapter 3, 8b says, And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden, but the Lord called to man, Where are you? Where are you? And this is kind of man's problem today. Mankind does the same thing because of our sin. We, we hide from God. We like to hide. We're really good at it. You know, when we aren't in a right relationship with someone else, anybody ever experienced that ever? By nature of having a heartbeat, you will experience this. Man, we, we can, we can get, do some pretty clever things to avoid people, can't we? I mean, make excuses why we can't get together. You know, my front door just will not open. I don't know what's going on there. Just can't get out the door. 
You know, we or we, you know, we. Uh, this, is, this is something you know I tend to do. We can pretend like something, like no, like nothing is wrong, and hope for the best. Anybody do that? Yep. Just act normal, and all the problems will magically disappear. I mean, that's like wearing a Chargers jersey to a, a Raiders game. <laughs> oh, nothing's wrong here. You know, nothing's gonna happen. That's just like wearing a Chargers jersey in, in general. I mean, there's, there's something wrong, you know. Got to poke at my Chargers. Or we can even get to the place where we try to avoid people altogether. How many of you, when you're walking down the street, you're just not in right relationship, and you see them, and you automatically, uh, I don't know. you go the other way? We do the same thing with the Lord. Pretend like nothing's there. Harden our hearts to his spirit when he's trying to get a hold of us and to wake us up because we're experiencing death in our lives. We have broken relationships. We got kicked out of the garden. Work stinks. Sickness. Death. He wants us to come back. He wants to be with us. But we will not experience life apart from him. God won't allow it. And so I would encourage you to think about this in your heart. Where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Where are you in this? Is God with you? But the scripture says that when we are faithless, he is still faithful. I love that. I hold on to that. And God's desire is to be with each of you. And it's so great that he sent his only son, Jesus, whose name means God saves. And Jesus died on the cross to take all the punishment for the bad things that we've done or will do. And Jesus paid the price with his own blood to fix our relationship with God. And I would say, to even be able to fix our relationships with others. Where we find forgiveness is at the cross. Where we find power and strength to forgive others is because we have been forgiven. When we have been so deeply wounded by our fellow human beings, was he not wounded from, for you, by you? Jesus paid the price. So we no longer need to hide. We don't need to hide anymore. So we can find forgiveness for our faults and with one another. The scripture says that if we believe that Jesus did that for us, then God has forgiven us and that we are no longer in trouble. Amen. I like being out of trouble. Anybody like being out of trouble? Being good with everybody? Being able to walk in a room and have no problems with anybody? Jesus was not into avoiding conflict, was he? He went straight at the heart of things. He talked with people. He had fierce conversations in love. I love that about the Lord. I have a lot to learn from Jesus in every single area. I have a lot to grow in that area specifically. 
Because my nature is to pretend like nothing ever happened. I'm fallen, I'm broken. How's that working for you, Matt? Not very good. Because people walk around hurt. I've got to go to them and seek them out and find them out and restore the relationship and not wait for them to come to me. As we finish, I just wanted to remind us of some verses about God being with us. It's important as we look at Scripture, they just, it just points out throughout history that God has been with his people. It's his desire to be with him. And, and the same that is his desire to be with the average normal person in, in this book, it's his same desire today to be with you. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 14. Actually, 24. It says, That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, I am with you. I'm, I think that was Abraham. It was, my, it was Isaac. But to Jacob, in Genesis 20, uh, 28, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Faithful, I am with you. I will not leave you. Moses, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, says, Be strong and courageous. Could you imagine, imagine Moses? You've got a million people you're dealing with. And you are a shepherd. And you feel inadequate in every single area. Any of you feel inadequate in leading your families? Any of you feel weak and broken? This is what the Lord said to Moses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Take that to the bank. Joshua, Moses' apprentice, his disciple, so to speak, when Moses had died, it was Joshua's turn to go in the land. It's hard taking over, filling those shoes. Moses had some pretty big shoes, you know, part in the Red Sea and all that good stuff. And here's Joshua. Kind of afraid. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, it says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Repeating again, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you. He tells Joshua again. He repeats it in verse 9. Same paragraph. Why does he repeat it? Why does he repeat it? Why does he repeat it? No, I'm just kidding. Wants them to know. In verse 9, he goes off again. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I am with you. Big mountains to overcome, big hurdles, dangerous situations, life and death, people's lives hang in the balance. To Israel in Isaiah 41.10, says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Speaking to a people, I'm with you guys. I love you. 
to Jeremiah. Kids, listen up. You need to hear this. Jeremiah 1 verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah speaking, and, and it said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. I'm just too young. I don't know how to do this. You're sending me to do something that's bigger than me, beyond my ability. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send to you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I'm with you. Don't be afraid of what they think or what they say. Live for me. Speak for me. I'm with you. I'll rescue you. To God's people from the prophet Haggai. Chapter 1, verse 13, I believe. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. Over and over and over again. You see the pattern? Hope so. To Paul in Acts 18, verse 9. How many of you like being beaten up and, and you know having rocks chucked at you and you know as a as an occupation? We look at the Apostle Paul and we go, man, that guy was awesome. Look at him, look at him, he gets go and do all these things. He prayed for people to pray for him that he had boldness because he had a body that was hurting. He didn't like getting hit with rocks. He didn't like being beaten and shipwrecked and all these times he talks about. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't his thing he was looking forward to every time he walked into a new city. Acts 18.9 says, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack you and harm you because I have many people in this city. Paul, go. Continue to do it. Don't be afraid. Jesus speaking to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us and it says here in Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them as disciples he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is about when he's about to ascend back into heaven. He's been resurrected. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey, obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go do it. I'm with you. He goes on and says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And John will send another, the Holy Spirit who will be with you, and only be with you, will be upon you and in you. That the Holy Spirit was not something that rested upon God's people permanently before Pentecost. Now we have him. He's in us. He's the down payment. 
He will never leave. He's the one who empowers us to follow after Christ. The Spirit of Christ is in us, the Holy Spirit. He never has left us. He is with us. And guess what? My Father's house has many mansions. If I go to build a place, you don't think I'm going to come back and get you? I want to be with you forever and ever and ever. It is God's design. It always has been His design that you would be with Him, that He would be with you. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and I will call him and, and, and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. Amen. His Spirit is in us, and I pray that the result of this time sharing with you this morning would cause you to ask the question. I know that God is is with me, but am I with him? Am I keeping in step with him? He has gone to great lengths to gather you into his presence. Don't let anything stop you from responding to the grace of God on your lives. Let him just pour it out. The things that weight you down, the things that have overcome you, your anger, your sin, your, your wandering hearts, let him heal you. Come to him. Let him touch you. God, it's too big. I've been doing this too long. Can't get this. Jesus can touch and heal you. He can make you right. He's going to cause you to do things you don't want to do. He's going to ask you to go talk to people you don't want to talk to. He's going to get it right, not partially all the way, until that day. And it's not an overnight process. Amen? God is with you. May we have that responding heart that says, I want to be with you. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. What are you going to do? Amen. May we respond with love. I want to pray, and I'd like us to sing just a couple more songs, and then we can go have a great Christmas. Amen? So let's let's go ahead and, and pray for a moment. Father, I, I can't thank you enough for sending your son. Just even the songs that we're singing right now, and It's just all about you being with us and desiring to be with us and healing us and bringing us hope and light and joy in the midst of the fallen world, fallen relationships. God, I just, I I pray for your presence just to bless these people this coming week. That as we open the presence, as we give the presence, as we, you know, have family around or perhaps are struggling with loneliness, we would have a very that your your you would be manifest with us, Lord. You would be present. That we would know you're here. And I ask, Lord, that you would heal. I ask that you'd heal the brokenhearted this this Christmas season. 
And she'd give them a gift that they would never forget. And I also want to ask if any of you have not given your hearts to Jesus before, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Please just, uh, if you want to give your hearts to the Lord, you can raise your hand up and down. We'll pray a prayer together. And you want to respond to Jesus, just lift your hands up and down. We'll pray. I'm not going to make you come up front. And you've been backsliding and walked away from the Lord for a while and just want to say, hey, Lord, I'm yours again. Just pop your hand up and down and pray. God bless you guys. Let God just minister to your hearts. Don't let Sunday be the only day but be with him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays, Friday nights. Father, we just uh, we lift up all the people in here and we ask that you just bless them. Bless them with your spirit. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with healed relationships. Just give them joy this week. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.